Welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Amitai Eshel, the co-founder and CEO of Young Goose. Today, we're joined by Natalie Needham, who is a personal friend, uh, really someone I highly, highly admire her opinion and her knowledge within the biohacking space. She's a certified holistic nutritionist, epigenetic coach, and a leading voice in the world of biohacking and human health optimization. In her journey to overcome personal health issues, Natalie mastered the art of tapping into the body's healing mechanisms. She now empowers others to take control of their health, blending neuroscience, personalized nutrition, biohacking, and resilience training. Natalie also explores the world of peptides and bioregulators that are compounds that can potentially reverse the biological age and optimize our health. Apart from working with clients, Natalie hosts the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast, which is one of my favorite, and leads the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Facebook community, which I have been actually a member of way before we met in person and became friends. So this podcast is something I was looking forward to sharing with you guys. In this podcast, we dive into you know, what are peptides, what are bioregulators, how do we use them to biohack our appearance. We explore different avenues of skin rejuvenation uh, within the, the field of biohacking. We talk about stem cells, very small embryonic-like stem cells specifically, which is a procedure that she has done recently. And in general, we look uh, at the world of skin optimization through the lens of Natalie and through what she has learned. Before we get into this fascinating conversation, let's share a review from one of our valued listeners. Her name is Skin Health Guru, and uh, they write, this podcast has been a game changer for my skincare routine. The science-based approach is enlightening and the practical tips are easy to incorporate. If you enjoy our podcast, please take a moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps us reach and educate more people and obviously enrich their lives. Now, let's dive into our conversation with Natalie Nidham. All right, Natalie, welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast again for the second time. Thank you so much for having me again for the oh, yeah. second time. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, you are definitely one of the closest people to us, sometimes um, also literally and you know, sometimes just, uh, just uh, <laughs> over the phone. <laughs> but uh, obviously, we consider you like family. And, and I mean, it's very selfish because you're so, you're so amazing. Of course, we're going to claim you as family, right? We want some of that uh, fairy dust. Absolutely mutual, hundred percent mutual. So I'm just happy that we keep getting to be at these events together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and and you know, since we spoke last time on the podcast, uh, you know, I think one of the most amazing things with you and I consider myself also lucky in that aspect is that having a platform, a podcast platform, allows you to really talk about things that you're interested in mm-hmm. and constantly learning and evolving. And um, I think that's the gift of having a podcast. So a lot of what we're going to be like exploring today is your experience as far as like learning new things about biohacking, about how to look better, to improve the way that you look. So it was very, it's very important to have you over you know, seasonally to see, to see where the Natalie Needham experience is in, in the world. <laughs> yes. How are we progressing? Yeah. yeah. And obviously, obviously you are, you have become a, the go-to person in our field as far as relaying the gospel of bioregulator peptides. And yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah. And that's probably like, I, I mean, we see it more and more as far as like the collective uh, understanding of biohacking or longevity, their their role. But you've you've been dealing with them for a while now, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the bioregulators are so fascinating. So for people who don't know, bioregulator peptides are essentially a subset 
of the other peptides we talk about, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the peptides that Young Goose uses in their products. We've got the GHK copper, we've mm -hmm. got the SNAP8, we've got, you know, other proprietary peptides that you use in some of your magical formulas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people may have heard about BPC-157, which is body protective compound or thymosin alpha-1, but the bioregulator peptides are a subset of that group. And they are, whereas the other peptides are anything under 50 amino acids mm -hmm. long, the bioregulator by definition is only two to four amino acids long. Uh -huh. So it's a very, very small sequence. It is naturally occurring in our bodies. Mm -hmm. We just make less of them as we age. And what yeah. they do when we make them is that they help to repair, to generate tissue repair at a cellular level in specific tissues, glands, and organs. So, yeah. you know, what I find fascinating about them, because I'm always, you know, we've, of course, we we're looking at all these different technologies. Now there's biohacking tech, there's supplements, there's, you know, there's people having E. coli with genes spliced into it, injected into their bodies so that they make more muscle. Like there's crazy stuff going on. Yeah. But when we look at the bioregulator peptides, by comparison, there's nothing crazy about them. Like this is this is straight from Mother Nature's playbook. Mm -hmm. And all we're doing is we're reaccessing them and introducing them into the body as we age to help to stimulate that regeneration. Yeah. And that's very interesting because really a lot of the, the place of peptides in, in people's people's minds is that it's kind of optimizing natural processes that happen in the body. And most of the time, people who are interested in them or at least people who are listening to this podcast, they are not shooting for an Olympic medal, right? Mm -hmm. They're not shooting for superhuman, no pun intended, superhuman performance rather than kind of revealing their best self. And that is what I think by regulators is so impactful is that this is really that is looking at an organ, looking at a function and saying, okay, where, how the, what's the composition of signals that provides the best outcome for that uh, tissue. Yeah. Um, so bioregulators are tissue specific, right? Are all of them tissue specific? Yeah, you know, they are and they're not. So mm -hmm. if we look at the pineal gland bioregulator, which is mm -hmm. called epitalon, or that's one of its many names, um, mm -hmm. and there's different versions of each bioregulator. There's the actual extract from the gland that can be injected intramuscularly, which we don't actually have typically have access to in North America. Mm -hmm. It's only available in Russia. And it would arguably be the most powerful of the versions. Then we have these tissue extracts that are desiccated and encapsulated, and those are taken orally. Mm -hmm. Those are more widely available. And then we have the synthetic version of that bioregulator where the, science, the researchers isolated that two to four amino acid chain that really does the lion's share, the heavy lifting, if you will, when you're taking one of the more mm -hmm. complex complexes. But if we look at the pineal gland bioregulator, of course, it has huge activity at the pineal gland. It helps to normalize melatonin. It helps from a downstream effect. It helps to help the body to regulate and modulate hormone balance from a top down. Mm -hmm. It, you know, there's, there's research that says that it helps to activate telomerase to help to maintain and restore telomere length. Now it's not going to make your telomeres super long. The as you just said, the hallmark of the bioregulator is to modulate. It's to bring mm -hmm. back the homeostasis. It is not to push over the line. Yeah. But there's also a lot of literature that says that the pineal gland bioregulator actually helps to restore function and rejuvenate the thymus gland. Wow. There's also receptors for the pineal gland bioregulator in the heart. So it's sometimes, we, what we'll sometimes see, and in some of the literature, there was one passage I read where if we had the pineal gland bioregulator and the cartilage bioregulator together, the pineal gland almost got the, the DNA strand to unwind, and then it presented to the cartilage bioregulator a binding site so that the cartilage bioregulator could bind and initiate its processes. So I think that it's as much as we say, you know, we have a bioregulator for the pancreas and another one for the thymus gland and the central nervous system and the liver and the stomach and the lungs and the muscles and, you know, like all these different yeah. groups. I think certainly on the geroprotector side, so these ones like the pineal gland bioregulator, there's an immune one called Villon, which also seems to have very wide ranging, much more wide ranging effects. Like mm -hmm. it's anti tumor, it's powerful for the gut. So they seem to, 
different bioregulators seem to have receptor sites in different areas in the body and exert their influence there as well in conjunction with other ones. It's, yeah. pretty, it's a complex dance, right? Yeah, and- it is. It is. And it's funny because we as human beings, as people who are taking interest in health, there is there seems to always be a tendency to try and isolate something to a specific function. Like mm-hmm. we saw it like, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it was with uh, thinking that specific genes are like the warrior gene, the yeah. fill in the blank gene. And as research goes on, we see that it's a complex of gene. It's in it, it's in, in thousands of genes that the combination between them create, you know, whatever that is. So it's it, we we would be wise to kind of stray away from one function per mm-hmm. action, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, the body doesn't operate in silos. And that's mm-hmm. where, I think that's where sometimes we get in trouble when people have a health issue and, you know, quite often the medical, the conventional medical paradigm will look at a kidney problem or they will look at a, yeah. I don't know, a knee problem mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. And sometimes if we over-specialize, we kind of miss the forest for the trees. Yeah. You know, that knee is not just being affected by what is happening locally in the knee, but systemic inflammation is playing yeah. a role in the knee. The kidney, there's, you know, there's a million different things affecting that kidney. So of course, looking specifically at the kidney and its function is going to be really important, but what are all the other aspects that are affecting it? It's like, you know, adrenal or thyroid issues. Yeah. We're crazy to only look at the adrenal gland or only look at the thyroid because we know that they work together and they're part of this hypothalamic pituitary, like the, a whole yeah. HPA axis. Yeah. There's a whole, there's a, there's a line. So to your point, you know, we're, we're still catching up on the, the wisdom of the body and the complexity. And it's not, and it's funny, there's Dan Stickler, who I learned a lot of stuff from, Dr. Dan Stickler speaks to the human body. It's not that it's complicated, it's that it's complex, mm-hmm. right? And it's a very interesting nuance because complexity simply implies that everything is connected to everything else. And, you know, I use his genomic panel, the Apiron genomic genetic panel in my practice. And the thing that is driven into us from the word go, and the reason why they don't give it, they don't provide it direct to consumer is because just because you carry a gene for something doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. We have to look at the whole person. We have to look at everything else around it. And we have to look at a number of other genes that we know of so far. Yeah. Right. I don't I, I've lost count of how many times they've updated that report. And the intention is they will continue to update it endlessly as we discover new things. Yeah, definitely. And you know, talking about specifically about the skin, I mean, this is the premise of this podcast, right? The premise of this podcast is saying, you know, we have an outcome that we want. We want the best functioning skin, the best appearing skin we can have, but it is more complex than oh, let's use this molecule in this cream, or let's, um, you know, let's use this specific diet or whatever that is. We definitely, I mean, I think first and foremost to your point is we need to reach homeostasis, right? Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that our body stays out of its own way. Now, how can we create the the, uh, instructions that we want to direct specific specific actions. So talking about that and and bioregulators, obviously there is a bioregulator specifically for the skin, right? Ish. Not really. Not really. I mean, it's a little bit like the story of champagne. You know, you can make bubbly white wine Uh in Canada, for example, but you're not allowed to call it champagne because it's not from the champagne region in France. Uh GHKCU, the copper peptide, is was discovered in 1973 in the United States by a doctor by the name of Dr. Lauren Pickard. Mm-hmm. The man who really did all the work on bioregulators has isolated virtually all the bioregulators we know of, and many of which we don't know that he knows about, mm-hmm. is Professor Kavinson, Vladimir Kavinson in Russia. So Dr. Kavinson in Russia did not discover GHKCU. It's, you know, it's not really, it's not part of what he talks about. Now, GHKCU is a three amino acid peptide. Mm-hmm. And Lord knows that thing flips over a thousand genes on and off. So it acts on DNA, which is the hallmark of a bioregulator peptide is that it flips genes. Mm-hmm. And GHKCU is 
if you had to name one peptide that affects the skin more than anything else, it would be GHKCU. So there are, I interviewed someone not that long ago who says GHKCU is a bioregulator. Just uh-huh. because Kevinson didn't discover it doesn't mean it's not a bioregulator. So maybe it is, you know, mm-hmm. and definitely this is a peptide that's been shown to, and it's interesting that it's been quite heavily studied. So it's yeah. been shown to positively impact thinning of aging skin. It's been shown to positively impact wrinkles. It's been shown it's magic for wound healing. It affects fibroblasts. It helps to increase gags. So those glycoaminoglycans Mm -hmm. that I probably butchered that word. Glucosaminoglycans. Um, Glucosaminoglycans. That's it. I'm trampling on your turf here, but which is so important for for retaining moisture in the skin, which Mm -hmm. ultimately is one of the many things that happens to skin as we age that causes it to look not like how we want it to look. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. you know, so if, but in traditional bioregulators, other compounds that would affect skin, and to your point, it's not just about this one bioregulator, it's what else imp- can impact the skin. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the cartilage bioregulator, and you're going to say to me, well, cartilage is connective tissue between, you know, it's, it's cushioning joints. It's, but what that cartilage bioregulator does is upregulate the production of collagen and elastin, mm-hmm. which GHK also does. But we know that collagen and elastin, of course, is critical to the integrity and appearance of our skin. Yeah. Then we have the blood vessel bioregulator. You know better than anybody, if we don't have good blood flow to the skin, it's not going to, we're not going to have as good an outcome. We need to be able to bring nutrients to that skin and to those skin cells, to the fibroblasts and remove waste products. Yeah. So, you know, it's, there's not, it's, there's no one hit wonder here. And as you alluded to, our internal health has everything to do with that, with this beautiful, you know, sheath we were gifted with (laughs) earth, right? This envelope that, that, you know, some of us didn't do a great job of taking care of in our youth and we're trying to play catch up now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's super interesting because when I start a conversation with, with someone that is, you know, a lot of people wake up in air quotes, whether 40, 35, 55, whatever that is, they wake up one day and they say, you know, I was not making good decisions until this point, whatever they are internal, external, and I would like to turn back time. You know, that's, I'm, I'm, I think it's a, it's a common feeling everyone has, whether it is the way they look or feel or something that happened in their lives. But when we do talk about the skin, it's important to communicate that what happens is that as our body ages, the way that our body prioritizes repair shifts and changes. Obviously, after menopause, it is more more apparent. And the skin from a communication organ, from an organ that communicates vitality and sexual maturity becomes more and more the sacrificial organ to protect Mm -hmm. our body from the environment. And priority for repair really, really, really shifts. And the first thing, and I think that's kind of going in, in loops here, but coming back to homeostasis and bioregulators, the first thing we need to do is to rejuvenate the inside, rejuvenate, you know, mm-hmm. different different organs that might not function correctly, have them, you know, function like younger organs. And then there is a place for our skin to be repaired. And there are so many ways to look at it, whether it is through inflammation, whether it is through you know, energy production, oxidative stress, epigenome, whatever that is, you know, as we said, one thing affects a lot of things and vice versa. Let's say we are, we are following that paradigm, the paradigm of, okay, let's dial in things from the inside out. We have that tool that's called, you know, peptides in general and bi- peptide bioregulators as a, as a focal point. How do we use them in order to create that change from the inside out, culminating in, you know, uh, skin repair? How would you take that? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think the things we have to look at is what are the things typically that are out of balance in the body that we Mm -hmm. need to restore balance to, right? Because what, what we know and what we've learned over time is that the health, the internal health is being reflected very often Mm -hmm. in skin. So, you know, your digestive system, is it in good shape? right? People who have uh, either a compromised gut integrity, so they have leaky Mm -hmm. gut, people whose liver is overburdened with all kinds of 
whatever, whether it's <laughs> current or from the past, whether it's chemicals or bad fats or foods or whatever the case may be, supporting liver health is critical because the liver is in charge of processing all of the toxins that we come in contact with, even through the skin. So liver health is critical. That gut integrity is critical. Frankly, even someone who's constipated, chronically constipated, their skin is going to suffer because all that waste material that's stuck in the colon gets, a lot of the waste gets reabsorbed into the body because it can't get cleared. The kidneys are really important. Like, I don't think, I don't think you could speak to an organ system, right? Like we talked about the the blood vessels earlier, Mm -hmm. like having, having healthy blood vessels is going to be a massive piece of the puzzle that's going to show up in skin. I, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, the adrenals, the thyroid gland, like Mm -hmm. even the, like the pituitary gland, like when we look at peptides that can help skin, we're not always just looking at the copper peptide and the cartil- mm-hmm. cartilax or vestigen. We might be looking at growth hormone secretagogues mm-hmm. because if we increase, if we restore our growth hormone production to not super physiologic levels, it actually has benefits for skin as well. 100% uh, within that. First of all, just a small anecdote there, and it's something that I think if people tried to, to now look for it, it's going to be a wild goose chase. Again, no pun intended, but the, mm-hmm. um, uh, there used to be a heart medication that was a vasodilator mm-hmm. that would be pre- prescribed off-label by doctors for skin anti-aging. No kidding. Yes, mm-hmm. but first the drug drug is off-market now, and the people who prescribed it are also, let's just call them off-market, off-market now. <laughs> Okay. And actually, you know, I left out hormone balance. Yeah. Right. Of course, hormones are critical. Mm-hmm. 100%. And also obviously like uh, pituitary sleep for sure. In general, I think the skin is, again, is a mirror to, to our, you know, saying that the inside is again, complex, but how about just the ability of our body to repair itself? It, it is a, a direct mirror of that. Yeah. So would you just suggest, hey, we have 21, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, we have 21 bioregulators that we know of that are available. Just take all of them and, and, and have the, you know, your body just function optimally. How do you look at it? Well, it depends. Now, first of all, you know, one thing that I'm pretty focused on communicating to people is that the bioregulators themselves can be very powerful, but they can't do it alone. They're mm-hmm. team players, so they need all the other foundations to be in place. Yeah. Right. And I do think that there's other peptides that also help with skin. So I just mentioned the growth hormones, the cretagogues, like the CJCs and ipamorelins, those guys. There's also, for people who have a lot of skin inflammation, there's a peptide called KPV that can mm-hmm. be really, really very beneficial, actually even for treating the inflammation from the outside in and from the inside out. Yeah. We have a peptide, the alpha MSH peptides, like melanotan-1, melanotan-2. Now we think of those as the Barbie doll peptides that stimulate melanin so that we get tanned very quickly. But there is some research that shows that they may actually protect this, help the skin to be protected against UV radiation. Yeah. There's still a lot of research going on in this area, and definitely anybody who has a history of melanoma wouldn't yeah. play with those because it's a system that's not been properly explored. Mm-hmm. And because the stimulation of those melanocytes, the melanin, we, you know, there's a few reported cases of recurrence of melanoma. Now, did it push the melanoma out, or was like was the melanoma already there and mm-hmm. just got pushed up? Or did it cause it? Nobody has the answer to that question, right? Um, But moving on, like peptides like BPC-157, that body protective compound 157 is going to assist in healing the gut, but it's also a powerful wound healer. Mm -hmm. Um, So so we have this whole... So these are the other peptides. There's the GHK copper, of course, which topically we can use the GHK with the copper like you have in your formulas. And for those who are willing to use GHK internally, we can also use it systemically in that it may help to flip some of those genes from within. So we're not just relying on the topical effects. But when it comes to the bioregulators and to answer your question about the 21 bioregulators and should we just all be using all of them, it depends. It depends on your age. It depends on your stage of life. It depends on your goals. And to be brutally honest, it depends on your budget. Yeah. 
right? None of this stuff is cheap. So what I encourage people to do is to sit down with someone, take a look at what are the things that you're dealing with? Where do you need to pay attention? What are your goals? Have you done some kind of biological age test so that you understand you, you get some metric as to, am I aging faster or slower? Do I have certain issues? Is, are my, do I have points of weakness in my system, right? Yeah. Is it my stomach, my, my pancreas, my liver, whatever it is? And then we focus attention on these areas. But we almost always, always, always will include the pineal bioregulator, the blood vessel bioregulator, and the thymus bioregulator. Because if we can address circadian rhythm, immunity and blood flow circulation then we've we've opened up a lot of the gates for the body to take care of a lot of the issues it comes up against you know what you know what you remind me it's first of all incredible and the funny thing is is obviously you know i i give a pretty nerdy talk about why skin senescent cells are affecting our entire you know yeah. or, organism the the aging of the body and really if I let myself run wild and go go into the nitty gritty of it, the three aspects that skin senescent cells affect are senescence in blood vessels, senescence in the immune immune system, yeah. and senescence in the HPA axis, wow. which is <laughs> yeah. which is yeah. again the three it's the kind huge. of three yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, to your point, you've got senolytic compounds in your skincare to help with the surface, but if we're not addressing senescent mm -hmm. load in our bodies systemically through some protocol. So I use an herbal formula that I use two days a month mm -hmm. that can help to reduce my load of senescent cells. We have to be able to be doing the things that clear the way for, and I, I always keep coming back to this because especially in the absence of serious disease where you're you know, you've got major imbalances going on. If you're reasonably healthy, if you can get some of these obstacles out of the way, it is amazing what your body's going to be able to do. Yeah. Having said that, when it comes to reversing skin damage, when it comes to reversing the visible age of skin, that is not a priority that our body has. Yeah. And I think that if anybody's listening to this who's in their 30s, their 20s, frankly, even your 40s, the skin damage that shows up in our mid-40s to our 50s and beyond happened decades ago. Mm -hmm. So take care of your skin now because it's a heck of a lot easier to keep it than it is to wake up one morning and notice the damage and try, try to dial the clock back. Yes. At that point, we have to go to measures that are above and beyond putting a cream on our face to really get a visible outcome. We're yeah. still going to have, like, I mean, we can use the beauty products and we're going to have healthy skin. But when it comes to restoring the aesthetic that we're looking for, you're now in a world where if there's enough damage has been done, you're now in a world where you have to go beyond yeah. the lines that a lot of people are willing to go or have the means to go to. And the cool thing is that we're at a point in time right now where these regenerative techniques are exploding. Yes, that's true. I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode to chat with you about our Young Goose skincare products and our special offer for podcast listeners only. Our products provide you with skin regenerative therapy that corrects the cellular damage that is accumulated over time and aims to lower the functional age of the skin. If you're a first-time Young Goose customer, we are offering the listeners of this podcast 20% off their first order by using the promo code PODCAST20 during checkout. If you are a longtime user and have already tried our products, we highly appreciate you coming back, coming back to this podcast and listening to us, and also coming back and using our products. And we would like to offer you 10% off with the promo code PODCAST10. I think, you know, the, the way that we normally describe it is like re-breaking a bone, right? If you're young and healthy and your bone are aligned, you can you, you obviously can do much more to keep your bones from breaking rather than if your bones, if there is a bone, like a wrinkle, you could we could equate it to a bone that didn't heal correctly. Mm -hmm. And now to 
there is no inflammation involved anymore. The body is, you know, the body has completed the process of repairing that bone, but it has been repaired incorrectly. So if we want to, you know, delete that damage, if you would, we need to go back, re-break that bone and have the body now heal correctly. And what are we really doing? Yeah, we broke the bone, etc. But now we are communicating through inflammation to the body, hey, this needs repair. And that is kind of the way that we need to communicate with the body. Obviously, as we grow older, the ability to respond to inflammation mm-hmm. is also re- impaired. So we, as to your point, the earlier we start taking care of our skin and preventing a lot of the damage would also benefit us because we're going to have less damage, but also it's going to benef- benefit us because our body is going to be more competent in the ability to re- respond to that damage, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. I 100% agree. So, you know, and it's for those of us in this space who are in our few further down the road decades, let's say, we have big decisions to make, Yeah. right? We have to, and and these are some of the most personal decisions that you get faced with. Like how far are you willing to go to change the way you look, right? To impact the way you look. And like, how much do you want to go there? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I mean, and I, I'm never one to judge anyone. I just know what feels good and in integrity for me. Yeah. And beyond that, you know, everybody's got to call their shots. Like, as, as you know, I just recently, you know, went for a procedure where I had very small stem cells isolated from my blood and reapplied to my skin, which involved breaking the skin barrier mm-hmm. <laughs> over and over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> I can't say it was the most pleasant three and a half hours I've ever had. Uh-huh. And some people would say, well, why would you do that? There's nothing wrong with your face. Like, why would you, you know, there's a lot of judgment right now in the world about what, and frankly, men too, mm-hmm. primarily women, but what people are doing to maintain and restore their looks. And these are lines that we all have to navigate on our own with ourselves so that we can look in the mirror one day, any day and say, I feel good about this. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think this is a very interesting discussion as far as, first of all, putting a mirror uh, in front of someone else and making them uncomfortable because they either can't afford or choose not to, or whatever that is. Yeah. To you know, tackle those, you know, apparent signs of aging. That's number one. I think it's a, it's a lot of the responses people get are knee jerk responses that people have because they are faced with, uh, with something they don't want to think of day to day. As far as looking in the mirror and liking who's on the, who's reflected in the mirror, obviously there are things that are necessary, unnecessary, subjective. But I think what is not subjective is being proud of the person that's on the that's looking at you from the mirror. And for a lot of people, it's being proud of how they took care of their skin, not only from the inside. Some mm-hmm. people it doesn't. It's not. It's not important for them at all. Yeah. But I think if we are proud of of the way that we look, we also have a feeling of a can-do attitude. Basically, I think if we are if we're if we feel vibrant and we feel that we also look vi- vibrant, it also pushes you to um, to feel good as a whole, right? To love yourself as a whole. Yeah. Some people more, some people less, but yeah. Yeah, and I and the thing I want to highlight there is it's not premised on anyone's looks. Mm-hmm. You know that this doesn't mean that someone looking in the mirror who's seeing a lot of a lot of skin damage, like sun damage and wrinkles and sagging and whatnot can't be fully in love with themselves and be vital and amazing and be perfectly happy and comfortable. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just, it's where you are right now. Like my personal value and worth and how I feel about myself is not about my skin, Mm -hmm. but if I can, you know, help my skin along and maybe, maybe I'm paying it back for all the service it's given me all these years. And I'm trying to make up for some of the abuses that I put it through, namely being a lifeguard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and maybe enjoying having a tan a little bit too much over the years, Uh then that's great. You know, I don't particularly think of it as a self-worth thing. I think of it really just as a, as an aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And I think that, beyond once we get to the point where I have healthy skin, my gut is healthy, my insides are healthy. So once I got all that lined up, 
then if I want to lean into doing whatever I can within my world to help my skin look better and be also in some ways healthier because some of these regenerative treatments are actually very healthy, yeah. right? Then yay me. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I need. Right. But the yes. next person, I know that there's a lot of women out there and, and I think it's, you know, who just, who, who are virtually kind of pushing all this stuff to the side. And it's, it, in some ways it's a reaction against the media and the world that has put up this ridiculous image of what women need to look like to be beautiful or to mm-hmm. batter or whatever the case may be. And I, I respect that. Yeah. Right. So I'm going by my own guidance Certainly there's a lot more that I could be doing. And I, you know, I was explaining to you just before, you know, I had a big argument with the woman who was working on my face. No, you Mm -hmm. need more of this. And I'm like, no, I don't. I Mm -hmm. need to look like me. And I'm proud of my crow's feet. Mm -hmm. Like I like my wrinkles. I don't mind them. Mm -hmm. I just don't want too many of them. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny. I don't remember there was an an actress who said, I think it's probably, I I don't know, uh, one of the famous actresses that are now, older than, than what they started as when they were on the big screen. She said, I don't want to look younger. I just don't want to look older. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can relate to that. It's not that I want, I don't want to look like my 30 year old self. I mean, mm-hmm. look, who wouldn't want to look like 30 year old self? I would love to look like my 30 year old self. That's not my goal. My goal is to look like the best version of who I am, where I am in my life as I can mm-hmm. look like. Yeah. Beautiful. Right? I'm not trying to fool anybody. I'm, going to be 60 years old this year, which kind of rocks my world when I even think about it. But I just want to look like the best version of me at that age that I can. 100%. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, talking about the uh, the V cells, which is very small embryonic-like stem cells that you had injected, that's a very interesting dynamic, right? Because what it is, it's first of all, we are breaking the skin barrier. We're, we're basically re-breaking the skin. We're introducing control damage. And then we're giving the skin kind of the ultimate repair fuel, which is, you know, new cells that can form and take place of that broken tissue. So as far as like rejuvenation treatments, obviously this is very, very, very beneficial. But to your point, there is always this dance within the rejuvenation treatment. We're not talking necessarily about like Botox and fillers, which are kind of result driven. We want to look like we are younger, but we're not actually rejuvenating anything, right? The appearance of rejuvenation maybe, but real rejuvenation treatments, we're always dancing between what is the demand for repair that depletes us of those of that of that reservoir of youth at at a late, later age if if you know mm-hmm. or what is the so how do we fuel repair and how much damage are we introducing yeah. i think that's a big deal yeah and you just you need someone very skilled that you trust mm-hmm. when it comes to this stuff because you you i'm sure you've heard them there are horror stories out there of people that mm-hmm. went a little too far they tried to do it themselves and like with the microneedling, you know, if you don't have the right equipment, if you don't know what you're doing, you can actually create more trauma than your body can repair. And yeah. then where do you end up? Right. Mm-hmm. So, but we have our tools to assist when we do things like V-cells, right? Like I, I told you, like I was walking around with my bottle of bio barrier because <laughs> <laughs> I was flying the next day and I was just slathering my face. I mean, I looked slightly awful (laughs) because there's some kind of bruising going on, but I was slathering my face with over and over again, just to protect and restore at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, looking at some of those uh, processes and looking at signals for repair in general, I would say your experience kind of made you an expert in support, even if you don't call it that, really supporting repair processes through Mm -hmm. biohacking, through Mm -hmm. bioregulators, through, you know, different techniques. What is some of the things that you rate very high in supporting a a repair process? Because it's kind of genius. We we really don't need even to know what the repair process is, right? We know, okay, uh, some inflammation and some call for repair has been introduced to the body. The, the protocol of how to support it is pretty much, you know, the same. So, yeah. So I think the first thing is, is you don't want to interrupt the inflama- inflammatory process too soon. Mm-hmm. Right. So for the first couple of days, the inflammation that's there needs to be there. 
Mm-hmm. We don't want to be pounding a bunch of anti-inflammatory. So what I used heavily at the beginning were essential amino acids. Mm-hmm. I used nitric oxide support to just help those blood vessels, you know, to deliver. And then the other thing, oh, and then I used a supplement by a good friend of ours, stem regen. Yeah. Right. To, for my body to mobilize and release even more stem cells, because as you said, there's now, there's been an assault, there's been damage, Mm -hmm. there's inflammation. And so we want all hands on deck. Yeah. And coming out of that, like, you know, obviously, I mean, I definitely, my GHKCU comes out of the bag. Mm -hmm. Um, my young goose products that have, you know, all the beautiful peptides in there that, that I know are beneficial. There's the bioregulators. I'm doing a stack right now with the blood vessel bioregulator, the cartilage bioregulator, and I'm doing also the pineal gland because the pineal gland just kind of, it's, yeah. it's kind of like everybody's buddy, right? Mm-hmm. And I did some BPC-157 for a few days as well, just to, just to provide support to the whole body. Hydration mm-hmm. is critical. Like my, yeah. my adaptogenic hyaluronic acid boost from you guys. Yeah the mask, yeah, the hyperbaric oxygen mask. I mean, all these things. So, you know, you go through this process where you just sit there and go, okay, how can I support the healing now? Yeah. What needs to happen? We need blood flow. We need nutrients. We need the materials yeah. to repair. That's what the essential amino acids are all about. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I mean, somebody, I think it was, um, Drink HRW sent me this new collagen drink that they made, which is beautiful and has a type of collagen I've never even heard of before. So I've been drinking that. So, you know, bone broth would be an amazing thing to be drinking now to give the body, just provide the body with those materials that it needs to heal and repair. And it's going to take a little while, but you know, we've already seen some signs of change, so it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, as we talked off air, one of the big tells of skin aging or overall body aging is the skin around your ears, actually. So, so yeah, it's nice... weird. Nobody even, I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that you had a nice uh, interaction with your, with who, with your hairdresser? Yeah, yeah. No. So there's, there's so ladies at a certain age, we right in front of the ear on the face, uh-huh. there's a couple of kind of deep wrinkles that appear there. And it's probably because things are coming down, right? Mm-hmm. So there's pulling on the face, pulling down on the face. And let's just, you know, clarify that part of skin aging isn't just skin. It's also the structure underneath mm-hmm. the skin that starts to give way, right? Yeah. The losing fat, the, the bone structure. So we have to take care of our bones, by the way. Mm-hmm. Osteoporosis isn't just about breaking bones. I mean, that is probably the most critical thing, but maintaining bone mass is a, is a big deal when it comes to facial structure. But anyway, we have these deep grooves here by the ear. And a week to the day after I had this procedure done, I go to, you know, get my hair, get my roots done, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm, of course, yapping to my stylist about all this stuff. And she's fascinated. Mm -hmm. And I had my picture of my ear. And I said, look, I can't see that. But here's what it looked like a week ago. And she's like, let me see that. And she pulls my hair back. She goes, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's gone. <laughs> so yeah. in just in the space of a week, it is it is remarkable what the body is capable of mm-hmm. if we can give it that, you know, and of course, sleeping on your back. This is a problem. I just want you to know I'm a side, I'm a devoted side sleeper, and I've been making myself sleep on my back all week. <laughs> uh-huh. Because, you know, the lady that did my treatment put the fear of God into me. Do not sleep on your side. You're going to smush your face, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm sure there's people listening going, oh, for the love of God, just get over it. Just sleep on your side. Do what you need to do. But at least for the first little while, I wanted to give myself all the chances of healing as I could. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are a few tricks as far as like sleeping on your back. One is uh, having like a five degree angle that is actually the uh, allegedly the optimal angle we should be sleeping at. So oh, like um, a bit of elevation, you mean? A, a slight bit of elevation. Like if you ba- basically like take three pillows, four pillows, and uh, have pillows like propped up against your back, just a, a one pillow uh, against your lower back, one pillow against your upper back, and then a couple pillows supporting your head, uh, or have a bed that has a very s- slight incline. Right. And the other, there are pillows that are supporting, you know, back sleepers. Mm -hmm. So that could be a a good introduction. And obviously if you are a side sleeper, 
and you want to wear and you want to have like a silk pillow, pillowcase. Oh, I have that. Yeah, that helps tremendously because it obviously th- there are some other like antimicrobial benefits there, but it's mainly because it allows the skin to move and not get smushed in it's like weird positions. Completely stuck. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, when I discovered my, my silk pillowcase, it was a total game changer for me. I just, I buy Mm -hmm. them for, for presents for people. I'm like, you need one of these if you Uh don't have one. (laughs) Definitely. And they also hold on. I felt, I feel like they hold on to essential oils of people like, uh, you know, dripping essential oils on their pillowcase. I feel like they hold on to essential oils better than like a normal cotton pillow. Absolutely. Well, I travel with mine. Do you travel with yours? I mean, I live, I, I, my, one of my anxieties as I'm packing up to leave a place is don't forget the pillowcase. Don't forget the pillowcase. Well, thankfully I have my uh, trusted advisory board. Her name yeah, is yeah. Anastasia and she does everything. She's uh, on that stuff. Big time. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I'd like to take a second and talk to you about ProCare which is a longevity science-based serum that visibly improves the signs of aging while combating inflammation and balancing oil production. This serum is a result of years of scientific work and clinical research. ProCare is an exclusive, multi-purpose product delivering powerful, proven, age-reversing, and acne-preventing benefits. The only topical product that has been clinically proven to eliminate senescent cells in humans. What does it do? It lessens the appearance of lines and wrinkles. It shields from environmental toxins and free radicals. It lessens progerin, which is the skin's aging protein. It plumps the skin, uh, the appearance of it, and provides genetic hyaluronic acid boost. It lessens blackheads, breakouts, and improves pore appearance, brightens the skin and even skin tone. It helps to calm redness and rosacea, and it also eliminates, as we said, harmful senescent cells. So, you know, a big part of, of um supporting recovery starts before we did anything. I think that's something that we, again, are just not good at as a species, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking ahead. Yeah, yeah, thinking ahead. And I would like to see people, whatever procedure they're doing, I would like to have, you know, our skin basically renews, it's, uh, renews itself every 21 to 28 days. I would like at least like double that time for people to really dial in reducing inflammation like in, mm-hmm. in the body as a whole, uh, having a lot of omega-3s that they're that they're intaking, which we just had a very, very, very interesting podcast about actually. Increasing NAD in the skin and their body as a whole, really, really, really dialing in the body for repair. Yeah. Do you have any strategies about that? Like what would you recommend someone to do to prepare their body for repair? So I will say that I use that stem regen supplement for... Yeah at least a week because what happens is after five days of use, your your the number of stem cells in your bloodstream peaks. Mm-hmm. So I definitely did that. It just so happens that that procedure was the was a culmination after five days of NAD IVs that I did, which I think was probably, you know, perfectly timed. Yeah. Again, in terms of giving the body a boost at a cellular level energetically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of the other stuff you're talking about, I mean, this should be part of our foundation regardless, right? Addressing inflammation, addressing omega-3 balance, using the essential amino acids, all of these things should really be the foundation from which we hope to be better. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think, you know... Obviously now uh, coming into, you know, into fame is uh, Brian Johnson, the person that yes. invests $2 million a year to dial back his age. Very interesting guy. Obviously that is a canary in a coal mine, right? It's not like all of us now uh, need to spend ungodly amounts of money to look better or feel better. But uh, some of the things that he says as a, as a paradigm or as a worldview is, is very interesting, such as like, treating yourself as a longevity athlete. Mm-hmm. I think is super important. Understanding that 
these micro decisions that you make are the things that build you in the end, I think is super important. You know, going beyond the bioregulators, which you're known for, and peptides in general, what are some of the things that by having, you know, a podcast that is directed towards biohacking our health, what are some of the things that you are interested in as strategies for longevity or, or just health as a whole? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I guess we get into the biotech at this mm-hmm. point, right? Yeah. We get it. And which, which includes things like sauna, which mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of. And I mean, because look, you know, when we talk about peptides, I can't use growth hormone secretagogues. Yeah. Like I'm allergic to them. Right. But guess what? Sitting in a sauna and cranking up the heat will actually upregulate your production of growth hormone. Mm-hmm. Actually, the other thing that I did a lot of around and still do around this last procedure, but I still, I've been doing it all along, is katsu, right? Mm-hmm. So blood flow restriction training where, you know, this is not only going to improve your circulatory system, but from a longevity perspective, it increases your production of growth hormone. It increases your production of testosterone. Yeah. It makes the most out of whatever exercise you're doing or even not doing. Um, things like rebounding to keep the lymphatics moving, things like red light and infrared light therapy. So I've got this beautiful panel. It's in my bathroom so that I start every morning and finish every day in front of that panel and then getting outside, Uh right? Making sure that, I mean, for the, in terms of the work that we do, it's so easy to get up in the morning and particularly because I work from home, you work from home. Uh It's so easy in our pajamas to just trundle over to the computer, sit down at eight o'clock. I'm just going to do one thing while I have my Uh coffee. And then it's five o'clock in the evening. You haven't moved, you haven't eaten, you haven't, like you've done nothing, right? So making sure for longevity and, and, you know, when it comes to Brian Johnson, I, I mean, obviously what he's doing is admirable and amazing and he's gotten great results, but I can tell you that I've spoken to a lot of people, including myself, who are younger biologically than we are chronologically, and we're not spending $2 million a year. So look, I'm sure that he is light years ahead of where I am. But to me, I want to be able to enjoy my life. I want to have some fluidity and, and I want more ease, mm-hmm. right? And I think that living in ease and in flow with your goals and aspirations and maybe not being so obsessed to living a crazy long time. And, and this is going to be very controversial, but you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I want to live really well. I want to be happy. I want to take care of my body, my mind, my spirit, all the things and live as well and as long as I can without driving myself nuts over it. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Which, I, you know, maybe is a bit of a contradiction, but because, you know, you have people that are channeling all their energy into this project and that's fine if that's your jam. But I do think that there's a line that we need to, to respect. And again, it's a little bit like what we were talking about earlier. It's very personal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could argue with you, Amitai, that going and getting yourself beat up every night, <laughs> doing doing my, what you're doing, martial jiu-jitsu, arts, yeah. the jujitsu is probably not a great longevity strategy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it just isn't. That's but why. you get so much pleasure from it. You're good at it. You it it keeps you vibrant and alive and a little bit bruised a lot of the time. <laughs> but you know, like, but are you are you supposed to live in a glass bubble? so that you can squeeze a few extra years out of your life? Or is it more important for you to lean into all the things that make sense to you, take care of yourself properly, and allow yourself the enjoyment of certain things that maybe, yeah, you know, maybe jujitsu is not the best longevity strategy. Maybe you should be doing yoga instead. Mm-hmm. But that would kill you. It would, ki- it would kill your soul, right? Yeah. So it's, you know what, guys? It's find joy in what you're doing because the joy piece is a massive piece yes. of aging well. And we forget that. And I think community as well. You know, if you have oh, a yeah. if you're you have a two million dollar routine, aside from the fact that you're probably spending a lot of time on it, a lot of stress, and a lot of people won't be able to keep up with you. How many other people are willing to spend two million dollar a year on their longevity, not even health, but really like longevity. Mm -hmm. And how many people can you just, you know, talk a regular conversation with? Until today, I don't think there is that we have found a better strategy for health span and longevity than having a community. Absolutely. 
yeah so Absolutely. I think probably and, and obviously it's it's at, at some point at some point something that that is important to you strays into the realm of some kind of dysmorphia right Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Dr. Josh Axe talking about trying to like being super anal about what you're eating, what you're putting in your body as a type of, it can go into a type of like eating disorder as well. Yeah. So orthorexia. Yeah. So I think everything has to be in homeostasis, right? Physically, yeah. mentally. Yeah. So as far as like, we talked about like uh, aesthetics. We talked about things that keep you young in general, what to do after procedures, a little bit what to do before. What are the things that are exciting when you talk about, you know, talking about V-cells? I remember talking to someone about V-cells about 10 years ago. Um, of course you were. <laughs> and, and thinking that it is probably crazy, Obviously, back then there was there were nothing else to compare it to. There was mm-hmm. no no other ability to kind of rewind ourselves to a more youthful state with a laser. You know. Yeah. What are some of the things that are interesting to you as far as how they you know become reality in years to come? Well, I mean, look, all this work that's happening in the regenerative space with stem cells, mm-hmm. very small stem cells, exosomes, like all these and and i mean and and taking it to the next level even gene therapies which i mean we we joked a little bit at the beginning there's a gene therapy right now that a lot of people are kind of experimenting with in the biohacking world which is they've taken a piece of a gene they've spliced it on, into e coli which is like a, a bug a bacteria mm-hmm. they inject it into the body it stimula- it inhibits somatostatin myostatin. Ma- myostatin that's it and now you're you're free to make all this full statin so that you increase your lean muscle virtually effortlessly and burn fat. That's a little bit crossing the line for me, mm-hmm. right? That I'm, I'm not ready to do that, but those things are coming down the pipes. But what's even more interesting to me in that realm is now we can look at, at conditions like, for example, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is mm-hmm. goes for short is EDS, which can be crippling to people. This, these are people who genetically don't produce collagen, certain types of collagen. Yeah depending on the individual in their case, effectively. And so they suffer from crazy stuff, right? They're hypermobile. Their organs don't hold in place in some cases. Some of them have to have their teeth pulled. They can't regulate their own blood pressure. Well, the people who are working on the folostatin problem are also working on how can we fix those genes for people. That's amazing. Like that's Mm -hmm. a game changer. So not only, you know, as we're pushing the envelope in longevity and health span, what I think is really exciting is we're seeing how these therapies are also bringing along the therapies that can really help people who are suffering with diseases that have no answer because the body just isn't making what they they need to be making and there's no solution. 100%. I think sometimes we infer one from another, like we look at this disease, whatever that may be, we solve that disease and we're trying to then make a drug for longevity. I think that's uh, mm-hmm. sometimes doesn't translate very well or the hopes that, that one would lead to another would be, is kind of difficult to lead to. It's like uh, the, the pressure to legalize cannabis in, in the United States, a lot of the time is kind of the, the route is, okay, let's make, make it medical because it can help with pain and this and that. And then let's legalize it completely kind of following that, you know, yeah. thought flow, right? So sometimes it's a little bit harder to go from one thing to another, but there are things, so for example, what we look at is we have our ProCare, which is the cellulitic product. And a lot of People are using it because it also eliminates or lowers a protein called progerin, which is something that pushes aging in the skin. And if someone doesn't kind of know what it is, I tell them, do you remember the old Robin Williams movie where he grows really old really fast? So that's basically progeria. The problem is that in the movie also, they made him a full-sized human being, which is a different, you know, he's not... Was that Brad Pitt? Oh no, Benjamin Button was going the other way. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> but Robin Williams had a had an you know a really cool movie where he's basically like a nine year old kid, but he's already he already looks like his you know whatever right. he was back then. Right, like right, right, right. But they also so normally these people don't grow to six foot tall. Yeah, also. they stay little. They yeah. they stay small and get really old. Yeah. yeah. 
So that active ingredient is also looked at as far as progeria and, and people that have problem with progerin. They use Procare very successfully, but most of the time, the, the jumping between the two in acute disease, acute disease and, and a longevity uh, strategy can be a little, you know, challenging. Well, and it gets poo-pooed a little bit by, you know, yeah, you've got a yeah. researcher who's trying to solve a life-threatening problem mm-hmm. and somebody comes along and goes, hey, I think this could make my skin look better. And they're like, <laughs> are you serious right now? <laughs> yeah. But you know, on the other hand, if you can channel it into making other people's skin look better, you will make so much money that you'll exactly. be able to fund the research for the very rare disease that is life-altering for a yeah. few people. The Elon so, Musk model of making the car cool so it can, you know, change the uh, the roads, right? Change, change the paradigm. The yeah. paradigm, yeah. So that's that's cool. Yeah. So Natalie, we've talked for for about an hour here, which we can, I think, do for <laughs> <laughs> forever, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, your podcast is is definitely a podcast that I'm addicted to. I am a scoop that I, that you keep hearing because because I'm telling it to different people. But I was a member of your Facebook group way before we met in person. Oh my god, and, that's hilarious! Yeah. <laughs> and in general, I value you as an individual very much. But what I really think you're excellent as as an aggregator of of information. I think you have a gift. So, what's the best way to kind of consume the the things that you're interested in? Thanks, Amitai. So as Amitai said, there's the biohacking superhuman performance, which, you know, I'm as big a fan of biohacking beauty as Amitai <laughs> is as mine. So we like form a little mutual admiration club. Um, there is the Facebook community, which is the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Group. But I also have a private membership community now on Mighty Networks, mm-hmm. which is much smaller than the Facebook group, but allows us to do really interesting things. And as a matter of fact, Amitai, we still need to get you scheduled in there as a, yeah. as a, as a next expert to do. We do live Q and A's with experts on a regular basis. And we, we do little self-experiments that guided as a group for people who want to participate. It's actually, it's a pretty neat little community. So, um, and then of course there's Instagram, which is just Natalie Nidham and everything that I do, my newsletter, all that is on my website, which is natnidham.com. Fantastic. And everything's going to be in the show notes. Yeah, Natalie, you are again, uh, we love you. I love you. You're incredible. And I hope uh, to continue having these amazing conversations with you on air, off air, on phone, off phone, whatever that is. Likewise. I feel the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> Thank All you right. so much. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. Take care. Before we wrap up today, let's answer some listener questions. If you want your question answered on the podcast, drop a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll answer it in our next episode or an episode that is suitable for for those questions. So the first question we got is about the BioShield, our SPF, which protects you also against EMF, blue light and pollution. And the question was, should we reapply BioShield and how often? So because it's based on zinc oxide, technically speaking, you don't need to reapply it every two hours unless you're sweating or you're going into the ocean and things like that, which I would then uh, reapply it. But in most cases, you can reapply it in, or you can apply it in the morning at the end of your routine after your care moisturizer and go uh, about your day. That as far as this is concerned, if you are sweating, if you did wash your face or you were in the water, yes, you should reapply it. The second question we have is about our eye cream. Is that moisturizer as well as a serum? What's the, what's, what's the premise there? So yes, it provides a lot of active ingredients. You could refer to it as a serum and a cream in one. What I do specifically to increase hydration around the eyes, I'm going to apply it first. And then when I apply my care moisturizer, I actually apply it also around the eye contour. And that seems to give me the best results. If you're a user of the hyperbaric mask, this can go around the eyes as well. So that's as far as the eye care. And the third question is about our, what is the difference between care and pro-care? And that's actually a question we get a lot, and there might be some messaging there that we, we should work on. But they are actually meant to u- be used together rather than one or the other. That's why care, the word care is there in both of them. So pro-care is a serum and care is a moisturizer. Pro-care takes care of specific genes that are not functioning optimally as we grow older, mainly collagen, elastin, and hyaluronic acid genes. Uh, it also eliminates senescent cells, which are we have a whole 
whole podcast about that basically there are cells that uh, didn't die correctly and are left uh, and they are basically creating dysfunction in our skin. We can eliminate them with ProCare. Care obviously is our staple product uh, with NAD precursors and some peptides and some uh, nine other uh, supporting molecules such as patented enhanced fermented resveratrol and some other things. So really, it is a more of a longevity product. Together, they work very well. First, uh, applying ProCare and then applying Care. If you needed to apply it once a day, apply it in the morning. Uh, I'm talking about ProCare. Care goes twice a day. If you wanted to use it twice a day, you are welcome to do that as well as far as ProCare and Care. So I hope that answers uh, the question. You can obviously write to us if you need more clarification. Again, for your questions to be answered on the podcast, leave, leave them in a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll answer them in our next episode or in an episode that is, that is specifically designed for that question. Thank you very much and have a great rest of your day. 